Welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast, America's nightly voice for recovery. Broadcasting from the iHeart Media Studios in Seattle, Washington, and carried live on KHHO AM 850 in Seattle, Tacoma area, and carried nationally in streaming audio at recoverycoasttocoast.org. Two hours of interviews and features, plus questions and comments about this one-day-at-a-time adventure in personal recovery as we share experience, strength, and hope with individuals and families so they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. And now, Recovery Coast to Coast is on the air. Here's your host, Neil Scott. Welcome back once again to Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. We are broadcasting from the annual Leadership Conference of the Oregon Council for Behavioral Health in beautiful Sun River Resort. Boy, it's just gorgeous down here. And this is a great conference. Heather Jeffress is the executive director of the Oregon Council, and she's uh, nice enough to sit down with us and talk a little bit about the council. First of all, welcome, and, and thank you for inviting us down here to be a part. Of this. Oh, Neil, I'm so excited that you guys were able to make it and be part of our event and really get to meet all of our wonderful providers. Oh, yeah. boy. There's a lot of energy down here in Oregon, a yeah. lot of energy. Tell me about the council. Yeah. So the council actually was formed in um, October of last year, which would be 2018, and it was actually created out of two longstanding um, associations. One was for substance use disorder mm -hmm. uh, members, and the other one was for residential providers and providers that provided services to folks with significant and persistent mental illness. And really, with the trend of integrating addictions and mental health, um, so many of our members were already doing both, and they were like, why do we have two different associations, and neither of those associations have any staff, and we really need to create an association that represents the, what modern uh, services look like, uh, whole person services look like, and what we're actually doing in our agencies, and we want to have an association that has some staff and represents us and really can bring up the understanding of behavioral health services across the state. Because sadly, Oregon is a beautiful state, and I'm a native Oregonian, but we have had a many-decade struggle of always being one of the top ten for need mm. and one of the bottom ten for access, unfortunately. Uh, that still state. is a big problem, access to care. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. and it's, it it's just it just breaks my heart when, when people finally say, yes, I'll do something about my uh, substance use disorder, and they say, okay, we can, you, we can get you in and, you know, a month and a half. Yeah. Not going to work. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And sadly, that is the story in Oregon. Yeah. And, and it has been for much, much too long. And really, um, as an association, our whole creation and our whole drive is to ensure a robust continuum, that the right service at the right time is available for folks so that they can have the opportunity to have recovery and a healthy life. How many members are there of the council? So we have about 42 organizations that are members. And then we we also have some partners that we call affiliate members, but they don't provide direct services. All of those 42 members, we have, I think our smallest member has five staff, and our largest member, I think, well, we have two that kind of fight it out to be the largest. They have about a thousand <laughs> employees each. Wow. Yeah. And so we have quite a diversity of size and types of services and location. And we, so our members are all across the state, all the way from 
Ontario, Portland, Ashland. Is there any room for individual members? We don't do that at this time. Mm. We really are a provider association. And we also, we have members that are nonprofit, and we have members that are private, privately oh, owned really? companies. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we do have that difference. Talk about what you're doing as far as the, the legislature. And I know you get a session coming up with the year after next. Yeah. So in Oregon, we have kind of a funny system. We have a long session every other year. And then in the in-between years, we have a thing called short session. So we just finished a long session. It was really exciting. It was great, you know, to have a brand new agency and dive mm -hmm. right into a mm -hmm. long session literally two months later. So we kind of hit the ground running. And so um, in that last long session, we had some great success. I think the time was ripe for really? our association. We were able to bring forward um, as a brand new organization, we had a, a fee service increase. So we have a thing, and I think all states have a similar thing. They call it different things, but it's a fee schedule that's based on the Medicaid rate that has to be approved by the feds. In Oregon, we call it DMAP. In other states, it's called other things. That schedule in Oregon had not had an increase in many, 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 many years. We, just like many other places in the United States, are really struggling with payment, particularly for addiction services. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem both on the commercial side and the Medicaid side. And so we were able to get a $13 million investment in this last legislation. And then that also does not include the about two-thirds match from the Medicaid benefit from mm. the feds. So all in all, 38 to $41 million investment for our providers to help pay their staff and deliver quality care and change more lives. We were very excited about that. And then we also, um, I don't know if some of your um, listeners have heard about some of the sad stories of patient brokering and, oh my gosh. and other things going on across we, the yeah, nation. We have, we have dealt with that in, yeah. in, in many, many shows. And it's frankly, it's disgusting. It is disgusting. And, and you know, in Oregon, we're, we're very fortunate because one of the things we do have is we have a, a licensing process for agencies. So the state does do some pretty stringent oversight, so that really helps protect consumers. But we were really, because we have such bad access, we were having patient brokering happening in Oregon to entice people to go out of state to states where maybe they don't have licenses or the same kind of rigorous auditing that we have here in Oregon. So we were also able to pass some patient brokering protections legislation to protect the people we serve. That is great. Yeah, we were really wow. excited about it. When, when does that take effect? It actually is already in effect. Oh, that's yeah. even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then we'll get our rate increases. I think they will be finalized because it's a lot of work to decide where to put the money. Um, finalized by the end of this year and then able to be invested from, they call it back billing from October. So we just, um, and we worked on a bunch of other projects, but those were really two of the stellar highlights of our legislative session. What are the benefits of being a member of the Oregon Council? Well, uh, as I mentioned before, you know, sadly, even though we have a lot of really wonderful things happening in Oregon, it's always been by the skin of our teeth and cobbling mm -hmm. things together mm -hmm. with what, what's the old term, bailing wire, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so we really want to continue to focus on creating a robust continuum so we can have the right service at the right time for all the people we serve. Um, and so that's what we will continue to strive for. There are some real gems of treatment in Oregon, and a lot of these have been on display here at the Leadership Conference. Mm -hmm. Talk about the conference and how this came together this year and, yeah. and what the emphasis has been. Sure. So one of the things that we found in the state is that we have a lot of resources for clinical training for the clinician. So there's some really great training out there through a variety of means, either through the county or through universities or through different organizations that provide kind of that clinical best practices training. 
But what we found that we didn't really have so much was all that support to sustain programs, to talk about operations, kind of boring, you know, the boring stuff <laughs> of running the business, right? But it's the really important stuff because it's what helps you deliver the mission, right? And so that really has been our focus with our leadership conferences to talk about policy, which is all that legislative work that we just talked about, but then to also bring really good value and expertise and sharing of ideas amongst our members about how to better and more efficiently run their program so they can do more of their mission-oriented work. So we had a great panel that talked about our, um, and you hosted it. Thank you so much. It was wonderful. I love doing it. Yeah, whole family treatment, which is just so dear to my heart, and really working with families from little children all Mm. the way to couples, learning how to co-parent together in their early recovery and sharing those practices. We also do a lot of presentations on um, research on how to run like a, um, today, MTM, they're a national research company. They worked with one of our members, Columbia Care, and they helped them devise a way that you could get same-day access to their outpatient center. And they actually monitor the progress on that and how to help people get in the door when they're ready to be in the door. And so they don't have to wait. So those are the kinds of innovations and things we talk about. And of course, we always are developing our policy for the next long session. Of course, of course. Uh, This morning, the conference opened with uh, Cliff Walters from the Walters Family Foundation. Yeah. What a great guy. Yeah, he's amazing. And you work well with that foundation. Yeah, so how I met Cliff is I've worked at many different um, parts of the system. Um, I was a clinician, and I also did addictions treatment um, back in the day. And then I also was program manager, and then I was a executive director of an organization. That's actually how I met Cliff, is I was doing work with um, families that were reunifying, so perhaps their child was removed because maybe Mm -hmm. mom or dad had an addiction, and child got into the child welfare system. And so that agency, we worked on reunification work and helping stabilize children, getting into a home and out of the system. And so we met Cliff there. He is the Walters Family Foundation, which is just amazing because kind of going back to our mission of Mm -hmm. the annual conference and the resource that we want to provide, a lot of foundations just fund direct services. Well, that's great, and it's very needed. Very few actually fund the part of the agency that helps the agency be self-sustaining. And so the Walters Family Foundation is really strong on teaching leadership skills, looking at your operations and how to make you more efficient, and actually even funding for our nonprofits their fund development uh, activities so that they can really reach out and make larger community change through volunteerism and donation and um, really awareness around stigma, I think. Mm. So he's just been absolutely wonderful. Yeah, he did a great job. So they're one of your partner organizations organizations? Um, no, they're not a preferred partner yet. Mm. That's a little more formal. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, we have so many different kinds of partnerships, but yeah, I would love to have Cliff and, um, and he's a, a good, good friend. He's and, a good guy. And, and really has a heart for all of our missions and, and everything that we do. You have 42 organizations that are members. There are certainly a lot more than 42 organizations in the state of Oregon. There is. You got to be recruiting them, I right? I am. <laughs> Every day. So, and what's nice about this uh, annual conference is it's actually open to non-members. We have a learning collaborative that we're partnering with our Oregon Health Authority on 
for opioid, a federal opioid grant. I'll keep it short. It's mm-hmm. got a ridiculously long name, like many things federal. <laughs> uh, we actually, that learning collaborative has many of our members, also has folks that are providers that are not our members. And so we want to provide opportunity for the whole continuum of care. Of course, many things we do as an association are for members only, but this event in particular is open to non-members and it does help us recruit, I'll be honest. <laughs> Heather Jeffress is joining us. She's the executive director of the Oregon Council for Behavioral Health. And a, a great conference that's that's going on down here and I imagine you pretty soon be starting planning for next year. We will. So we start working the day after we're done, mm-hmm. right? I think that's the way it goes for most companies. What do you see, Heather, going forward as the challenges in the field, in particular in Oregon? Well, I think, as we mentioned earlier, access is always yeah. a challenge, and, and with that is our workforce. And then also is really a long history of underfunding, um, which it will be, mm. you know, we're not unique in that, in right, that struggle. Right. Um, and so those are the, really some of the large issues issues that we will continue to work on at many levels, both through education, training, and advocacy and policy. Advocacy is so important, and it's something that, and you and I spoke about this last night at the reception, it's something everyone can do. Yes, yes. And so I think, and that's where we have seen our greatest success as a new association. We are member-driven, and our members are integral to any success that we have. We, um, I just, it was so impressive in our first year our first ever day at the Capitol, basically a lobby day, right? Mm. We had 110 attendees. Wow, for the first time? The first time. And the months before that, they were amazing. They wrote letters. Ah. They invited legislators to do site visits. That's great. They did tours. Um, There was many months of preparation, you know, well, not many, okay, three or four, but that's a long time, almost half a year uh, of preparation before we had the actual full event um, that went into building those relationships to help really our legislators, you know, they're busy people. They have so many things on their plate and they're not... Everybody wants something from them. And everybody wants something from them. And so it's really about building that rapport and bringing your board members... Relationships. That's right. You're right. And it's all about the relationship and, and really encouraging our board members to come, our program alumni to share their amazing stories of recovery and the staff that are there working every day. And so we had a lovely mix of people that just worked really hard to move forward those. And and people uh, telling their story, how does that work? So um, what we will do, many of our members have really robust alumni programs. Yes. And so part of that is um, talking about and teaching how to tell your story. Yeah. And and how do you do that to focus on the success? And we all know the, the, the sadness and the hard work and all that, but the joy of having The miracles. Life, that's right, the miracles. And so we really encourage them to brag on themselves. Brag, brag, brag. Yeah. Talk about the miracle that's you and really really tell the story because um, it's so important for people to understand and for them to feel invested. Recovery yeah. is as recovery does. Yeah. Uh, Heather Jeffress has uh, been joining us, Executive Director of the Oregon Council for Behavioral Health. Their website, if you want to find out more, is ocbh.org. And this conference has been exceptional. And again, I thank you for inviting us down. Oh, thank you so much for coming. It's just amazing. It's great. Heather, thank you very much. We're going to take a short time out. We will be back with more from the conference after this short time out.